This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and a 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for joining me and making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a good week so far. I hope that things are going well and that you are making your way quickly, swiftly, and as happily as possible through this international break. And I have to say that I think that we're doing a great job here because for two days in a row, we have managed to hit that 1,000-like uh, mark milestone, which is just amazing. It means that around one in less than 1 in 10 people that watch the video are pressing the like button, which is, in YouTube terms, quite incredible. Um, so a massive thank you to everyone that's continued to do so. We've set ourselves this rather ridiculous challenge of trying to see if we can get 1,000 likes on all the videos throughout the international break. I don't even think it's possible, but I think that you guys can make it possible. So continue to help us with this cause, this crazy ambition of a thousand likes on each of the videos across the international break. Continue to help us out uh, and uh, let's see if we can try and do it because that would be uh, an amazing achievement. But good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Peter, Vala, Jimbo, Arasilki. Uh, good morning to Amira and Damien and Blackshine, Sweaty Merlo, Martin, Old Dave. We've got Stephen and Ray. We've got uh, Jimbo, we've got uh, NSW, Grantly Poos, uh, Luke, Roy, uh, we've got Barry uh, and Morgie and uh, Mr. Ree, Lars, plenty more as well, Pika Who, Rich, The Process. Thank you, everyone that's tuning in. It really means the world. So thank you indeed for doing so. You know, I feel as though when we get to the weekend and when it's on Saturday and Sunday, that's that's going to be the challenge. That Those days are going to be the tough ones. A Saturday and Sunday morning show in the international break. Oh, that's going to be a real challenge to hit those, those light targets, but let's see if we can do it. Anyway, let's crack on with today's story, shall we? If you're new to the show, we do this in two parts. We do the first part talking and rounding up all the latest news in the world of Arsenal, and then the second part, we go to you guys in the chat box and tackle as many of your questions as indeed we can. Um, Reese Nelson and Fabio Vieira both started for Arsenal's under-21s in an EFL trophy defeat to Reading yesterday. They played uh, a portion of the game in which Arsenal fell out as 5-2 losers. Um, very disappointing. Very disappointing indeed, um, the result it was. And the fact that you had two Arsenal senior players involved in the game as well 
and the result fell the way it did. Very disappointing. What I would say is that, um, you know, it's it's always difficult, I think, for players at that senior level to kind of play in that that you've set up format. People just assume, well, they're playing in this. It's going to be it's easy. You know, it's, it isn't. Like, it's a completely different type of of game. And to be fair, there's a viral clip going around at the moment of Reese Nelson's assist uh, during the game, which is a fantastic piece of skill on the left-hand side. He dribbles the ball past a number of players and keeps the ball in play. Um, and is allowed to to make uh, plays and things like that. So, um, yeah, Nelson uh, played. Fabio Vieira, of course, is is out for the next three games in a senior capacity, but he could and is eligible to play um, in these games, even though he's got that three-match ban at a senior level. So I assume that's why they've given the opportunity to play. I imagine Vieira might be taking part in maybe more than just this game uh, over that period. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. We'll also have to wait and see if there's any behind-closed-doors friendlies over this international break as well. It seems that there is an opportunity to do that because a number of the senior players have stayed behind. Uh, ben White, Vieira, as we've we've touched upon already, of course, Reese Nelson still there. Uh, Odegaard is, is trying to get back to full fitness, so maybe he has some minutes to get into him as well over this break. We'll have to wait and see. Sometimes Arsenal do it, sometimes they don't. There's no guarantees that they will do that. We're going to have to wait and see if that's something that they end up looking to try and do. Uh, Arsenal are said to be keen on potentially hijacking a Ruben Neves deal, according to Alex Crook of uh, Talk Sport. Newcastle are the side that have been the most interested in Ruben Neves, uh, of course, playing currently in Saudi Arabia. However, on the 21st of November, Premier League clubs are set to vote on a potential ban of transfers from clubs to other clubs, which, of course, have their links and associations at ownership level. And because uh, Newcastle are owned by Saudi Arabian um, investors. It would mean that they aren't able to uh, buy or loan or get involved in transfers with clubs that are owned by the same people. It would obviously mean that Arsenal's deal for Austin Trusty would not be able to have happened either because Stan Kroenke, who is obviously the owner of KSE, own Colorado Rapids, of which we signed previously. But you can probably assume that this isn't the same. Now, don't expect this ban proposal to be immediately kind of agreed to. Manchester City have absolutely no interest in this situation uh, because if you think about it, they've got their City Football Group, of which their ownership own a number of clubs around the world. Um, I, I think it is just purely loans. I would need to do some more digging into it. But then you've also got Brighton and Sheffield United have got clubs in Belgium that they've got associations to. Uh, you've got Chelsea, of course, with Strasbourg as well. I don't know how this would impact those types of clubs. It's certainly one that needs to be uh, researched a little bit more. But what we do know is that the Newcastle-Saudi Arabian links, because of the ownership crossovers, uh, it would stop that Ruben Neves loan. And so therefore, Arsenal would have a more comfortable run at trying to secure a deal for the Portuguese international. It's certainly a deal just on the on the player himself. I think Ruben Neves on loan in January would be a fantastic deal for Arsenal. I think it would add a lot of quality and depth and you know what we need into that midfield area and probably add uh, significant uh, quality to the midfield. So yeah, I'm very much behind the idea of signing Ruben Neves on loan if we could do that in January because I think it would be a very smart one for the Gunners to do. So Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, Arsenal are set to apparently test Aston Villa's resolve for Douglas Luiz in January. Very interesting to see what happens um, in that regard. 
But uh, we know that there's a bit of a split on, on Douglas Louise about whether or not people are keen to sign him or not. I've said that I've got an open mind to it, although I think that there are better potential options out there. And I do think that the money that Aston Villa would ask for uh, Douglas Louise is, is going to be absolutely mental. Uh, I think you're going to be looking upwards of £50 million to try and sign Douglas Louise from Villa. So it's going to be it's difficult to see Arsenal sorting that deal in January. But John Cross reporting there that Arsenal are expected to test the resolve of Aston Villa, even though they have no intention of selling the player. And uh, kind of a headline story, a headline transfer story anyway, is that Ivan Tony's price tag has apparently been set at £60 million, according to John Cross again. However, this price could rise to as high as £100 million, depending upon the bidding process that goes on for the player. We know that Chelsea are also interested in Ivan Tony as well as Arsenal. Uh, and if both clubs get involved in some form of bidding war, we could see the price rise to as high as that £100 million figure. Now, I personally don't think he's worth it even at £60 million, So you know my thoughts and feelings on that. But £100 million, we'd have to be mad. Like, surely we'd have to be mad. But, you know... Maybe, maybe we would. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens on this one. But they are the stories coming out about the January transfer window. It seems that Arsenal could have some financial muscle to throw around. I guess we will have to wait and see. But our headline story of the day. Yesterday's VAR audio was released for the Arsenal-Newcastle game in which they talked through and showed to us the process which led to the goal being given. Now, I'd like to start off by saying that I think we have to appreciate the fact that these audio uh, visual commentaries are being given out and are being made public. However, what it did reveal was is something rather worrying within that entire audio format. The VAR, not the assistant VAR, the uh, person on the day uh, was running the VAR system, um, completely forgot the offside rule during this process. You can see on the screen the quote here where it says, OK, so he's clearly on looking at Gabriel's body position, his shoulder. And what they're talking about here is Gabriel playing on uh, Anthony Gordon. Now, those that are more keen-eyed will notice that David Rea's position is further upfield than Gabriel, in which case he is the player the offsides would be measured against. And so therefore, if Anthony Gordon is ahead of Raya, if a ball was played towards him from behind Raya, of course, that would be uh, a clear offside. The problem in this situation is that, as you can see on the image on the screen, and if you are not aware of this and you're listening on audio platforms, you can find it on YouTube. Of course, you can find it plenty of places over uh, at the internet as well, is we cannot see the placement of the ball. We cannot see where the ball is when Joel Linton uh, touches it on to Gordon. Now, if Gordon, any part of Gordon's body, except, of course, the forearms beyond the sleeve of his shirt, if any part of his body except those areas are ahead of the ball, this would be offside, no matter where Gabriel's uh, body is. Because what we do know is Gordon is ahead of Raya, but because we don't have any evidence that Gordon is ahead of or behind the ball, the goal couldn't be ruled out. Now, I still find this mad that in this situation, we've not got the ability to sync up cameras that can see where the ball is at the right moment and then attach a line to the player on one camera and that translate to the images on another camera. I don't know why that technology doesn't exist, but apparently it doesn't. Um, and also the talking through the, the foul, like the foul on Gabriel, which we all know was very clearly a push on the player that we then saw given against both Saka 
uh, well, not even both, but Saka was fouled, uh, rather Saka fouled uh, Koleosho of uh, Burnley in a very similar way uh, in the game between Arsenal and Burnley last weekend. And the referee gave it on the field. Um, it wasn't a case of it being given by VAR in the end. It was given on the field and that led to a, a Burnley own goal that would have counted if they'd have trans, uh, transferred this, this rule that they've applied in this sense to that of um, the Newcastle game. So very, uh, very, very frustrating, very annoying. And then Michael Owen, who is obviously on this show with uh, Howard Webb, just doesn't challenge anything. Like It just doesn't suggest that... I mean, if I was there, I'd be saying, is it concerning to you that one of your VAR officials didn't know the offside rule and had to be reminded of that during the game? Does it concern you that we don't have enough cameras to check whether or not there is enough evidence in the highest level of this sport to rule out goals or rule goals legitimately uh, onside or in play or, you know, in this manner. And he just doesn't. He doesn't press him. He doesn't challenge him. He doesn't ask the questions that need to be asked. And then I understand that a lot of people are going to be frustrated by that. I understand that people put out comments onto social media. And I also understand that some media outlets are going to take those comments and make articles from those comments as well. But for then Michael Owen to go out and call people scumbags, I... I, I find very, 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 very poor and very telling as well. If you've not seen Michael Owen's tweet, um, calling people scumbags um, that have put the show on, he like I can get you the tweet, the tweet, the tweet directly. Let's have a quick look at what Michael Owen said on Twitter. But uh, it was in response to an, an article from the Daily Mail, which highlighted a number of Twitter responses. Uh, from the the show as well, which included, of course, himself and Howard Webb. So looking down his Twitter feeds, if my internet wants to work, he says, you're just scumbags, always have been. Troll through a load of messages until you find a couple of negative ones and then create an article. Most people thought the show was insightful and educational, which is our aim. Now, what I would say is that I don't think it's a couple of negative ones. I, I don't think there is a couple of negative ones at all because... It's a lot. There is a lot of tweets, a lot of complaints, a lot of frustrations at this show. There's a lot of frustrations at the lack of challenge towards Howard Webb from Michael Owen. And yes, I agree with him to a degree that it is insightful and it's an opportunity to hear from Howard Webb in these situations. But let's not pretend that it's only a couple of people that are taking umbrage with how this show is going about and the things that aren't being discussed and things are being glossed over like this clear mistake and clear worrying insight into a lack of knowledge about the offside rule from one of the VAR officials here. So, yeah, uh, whilst I don't agree with any abuse that is certainly being sent to uh, Michael Owen or anyone else, you don't want to stoop down to his level of abusing back by calling people scumbags. Um, but, uh, yeah, very frustrating indeed. But that's all of today's story. So we're going to move to part two now. And your questions and get your thoughts on anything we discussed and more right after this. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. 
schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's go to part two, shall we? As I mentioned at the top of the show, thank you so much, everybody, that helped us get to that massive uh 1k like target once again that's two days two k's uh and fantastic uh support from you guys as well uh if we can get it to three three day 3k that would be unbelievable um so let's try and help out the channel let's try and see if we can push this through the international break challenge is still underway we are still trying to do it um it's an amazing achievement if we can so let's keep pushing forwards let's keep trying to support and uh, and get those likes up in the smash smash the like button as they say <laughs> so there you go um akma says one positive of the audio is they finally say check complete going with the on-field decision instead of just check complete yeah indeed and they double check the the on-field decision a number of times as well learning i guess that is certainly something that we can praise they are learning from their mistakes um Let's go to Rob, who says, P.S. I do not question why me as an ex-football pundit with no journalistic skills would be employed by this TV show to be a presenter. <laughs> uh, Max Avia says, let's not forget that one point is currently costing us the joint top position when we moved into the international break. And had we, of course, been you know, on that one point, we would be uh, joint top of the Premier League table as well. And had maybe we've got the decisions that we should have done against Chelsea, had we've got the decisions that we got last season against Brentford, who knows where we would be? Who knows if we'd even be a Premier League uh, title winner already? Decisions going against Arsenal has cost them for a number of years and we do not forget them. Uh, Defence is in trouble, says Tom. Do you think Nick Ramsdale's comments are unnecessary? It doesn't help anyone, in fact, knowing Mikel and the club. His chances went down after that. We talked a bit about this yesterday. If you want to kind of hear my thoughts and feelings on, on those comments and on the interview, we covered it in a lot of depth in yesterday's show. Uh, Byron says, morning, Tom. Why would, would we as a club even consider £60 million plus for Tony when we can get uh, so much better uh, for the same money? I wonder what Edu could be thinking. Of course, it's important to remember that the stories that come out surrounding Ivan Tony, they come from, you know, little tidbits of information that have been learned that Arsenal are interested. They're then going to be chasing up Brentford to try and find out what type of figures that they're going to be looking to try and get. And then the story is put together. It doesn't mean that Arsenal aren't looking at other options. It doesn't mean that Arsenal aren't considering other targets. Or it doesn't even mean that Arsenal will be moving for Tony in January. All that we know for sure is that Brentford might be willing to sell Tony in January, but it would be for a very, very high fee, and they're going to be reluctant to sell anyway, that Tony is keen on a potential move, and that Arsenal are one of the teams that have an interest in the player. That's what we know. So you can put all those things together and, you know, 
uh, if you, I'm thinking of them, like you think those spinning clay things that you've got to kind of mold the, the shape of the vase. You can spin all these stories and these bits of information together and get it into a complete story by the end. But it doesn't mean that that isn't going to fall apart if something else comes along as well. So it's certainly worth always considering that there's more to these stories than just what gets reported. The tip of the iceberg, I like using as a bit of an analogy, is that what we hear is usually the tip that's on the surface, and then underneath the water is a massive, massive convoluted story of far more things that are going on. Uh, Derek says, Tom, do you think the Neves deal is possible? I think he would be an ideal signing in a midfield with Rice and Erdegaard to be fire. I, I do think it's possible, yes. Uh, it does depend upon this vote that's going to be taking place in a week, just under a week's time on the 21st of November. A very special date, that. I don't know why. Um, something must be happening that day. Um, but uh, yes, uh, certainly there is possible. Uh, it's feasible that Arsenal could sign Neves on loan in January. Uh, Shane says, Tom, which pairing would you prefer? Rice and Partey or Rice and Neves? Well, a fully fit Partey, of course, I'd prefer. Um, but Neves is still very, very good indeed for Arsenal to, to potentially have. Uh, Mike says, okay, in light of FFP, make the choice. 30 million to buy Raya or let or let him go home and use that money to buy a CDM, which moves the needle more. I think it depends on who the who the defensive midfielder is, because if you think about it, like at the moment, whoever you sign defensive midfield, are they going to be better than Partey? Well, no, but the problem is, is that Partey isn't fully fit and he's rarely available for us at the moment, it seems, and he's continuously facing these problems. So... Does signing a CDM change things? Yes, but Raya does push the needle a little bit more than what we have with Ramsdale right now, and the stats certainly back that up. So it's a difficult question. It's not as easy as you might think. What would I rather do? I think that that £30 million could be better spent in midfield, and I think that we've already got a goalkeeper that is very good, but I don't think that's what Arsenal will end up doing. Um, let's go to Raybeam says, TC, Ramsdale's lack of focus comments couldn't come at a worse time. Do these guys not have agents, etc., advising them? This comment was made some time ago. I don't think this is a new comment that has popped up. I'm pretty sure that this is a comment that has been brought up again um, from some time ago. I think that this comment is being taken way out of proportion. I saw a great tweet from Rory Talks Football on Twitter, who's obviously a friend of the channel, has been on with us as well, uh, produces some great shorts content on his on his TikTok and things like that. Um I thought it was a great comment. Do you know actually that the concentration span of what a human being actually is? It's 10 to 15 minutes. That's how long a, a, a person can concentrate on a single task. So when he's saying that he can't concentrate for 90 minutes, he's not talking as an outfield player. He's not talking as a defender or a midfielder. or a, He's not talking about when he's on the ball. That's not. That's what I think the convolution is there. I think people are conflating this to like when he makes mistakes in goal. You know, I saw a video going around of him being like distracted by something that was on the field, something that was moving. I think it might have been a bird uh, on like to the left of his goal. Now, people are like pointing out and saying he's being distracted by this thing on the field before we then concede. I think it's against Southampton. But if you actually watch the clip, his positioning is fine. He's in the right. He's in the right place. He's then focusing on the ball when the when the ball gets played through to the forward. And he doesn't get the shots very good. And it's it's going to beat 99.9% .9 of all goalkeepers that there are, unless there's some kind of freak uh, ability to, to preempt where the ball is going to go perfectly to get a hand to it, which in this situation, it was just a good finish and a good goal. But it's really quite kind of crazy. Omar says 50 minutes only. I don't think this can be correct, Tom. Yet, it, I mean, feel free to do some research into it. But a human being could only concentrate on a single task for 15, 10 to 15 minutes without taking a break. Um, and so when he says that there are times where he loses focus, 
and he has to get involved with the crowd a bit. As a goalkeeper, and especially one that's playing for Arsenal, there are times when you are not doing much whatsoever. That sometimes in games, you think about the, the Bournemouth game, you think about the Burnley game, you think about the PSV game. Raya had to do very little during these games. Uh, I know Raya made a very good save in the Burnley game in the first half, but beyond that, he didn't have to do all that much, um, to be honest. And there are going to be really extended periods where goalkeepers are just standing around. So I think this comment has been taken way out of proportion. Really, really far out of proportion and is being used at the moment to kind of batter Ramsdale. Um, I don't think it's it's that crazy of something to say, but I'm sure that we might hear more coming out from this, to be fair. And by the way, I do think that the treatment of Ramsdale yesterday in particular, considering it wasn't even him that made the comments, uh, is also absolutely mad. I do agree with Harry and what Harry said. I think that to some degree, like you, you just want things to be kept quiet at times. But um, I think also that if Sophie's given the opportunity to speak to somebody, uh, as a journalist and, you know, as, as that kind of, you know, as a media outlet in, in in a sense, is also, you know, you want to be able to produce that content. So I think there are arguments in both sides of it. Um, but uh, yeah, let's wait and see. Uh, Vihar says, I spit out my coffee laughing at the suggestion of looking at a bird and getting distracted. <laughs> yeah, there was a double meaning there, wasn't there? Um, but genuinely like a, like a, you know, a thing with wings. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm discussing. There was a bird on the pitch. And he kept on looking at it. And in some senses, you're like, you don't want the bird to get scared and like fly across your vision in some way. So I guess he's kind of looking at it to make sure that it's not going to do anything to prevent him from being fully focused on what's going to happen next. But yeah, I do. that is what I meant. A genuine like animal bird, <laughs> um, not the other kind. Rob says, do we make a profit in January from a goalkeeper? 30 million on Raya is a question of void because uh, Ramsdale gets sold for more than 30 million and then we make profit and FFP is positive in January's uh, meaning more signings. Um, it's not as simple as that because obviously we paid money for Ramsdale as well. So it's not like we're selling Raya, we're, we're selling Ramsdale without having paid anything. But amortization doesn't work that way. Obviously, we paid for Ramsdale in 2021 on a five-year contract for 30 million-ish pounds. So that's what seven, how do you split that between five? Is it 6.6, 6.6 million uh, reoccurring? So over five years. So over two years, we've paid 12.13.2. We've paid-ish, 13.2 reoccurring, I think we've paid for Ramsdale so far in those two years. By 2024, it'll be... Uh, another 18.8 uh, that we've paid. So therefore, there was kind of 12 million pounds left to pay on that, if you like. It's, it's finances are hard, guys. That's why I have an accountant. <laughs> really, really difficult uh, to work out. Uh, Philad says, uh, Tom, do you think it is sustainable for games to last nearly 100 minutes per match with the number of injuries now occurring, particularly hamstrings? It's mad how bad it's getting at the moment. And ultimately, the answer is no, I don't think it's sustainable. And these injuries are going to keep on happening because players are being overworked and overplayed. And because of that, we're going to continue to see strategies attempted to be put in place, like bigger squads. Um, and we're going to see things put in place like uh, extra substitutions like we already have. But players are still going to get injured because ultimately the number of games that these players are being expected to take part in are ludicrous, absolutely ludicrously high. So very difficult one indeed. Uh, Craig says, uh, Craig Burley, Stephen Nichols and Frank LeBeouf, uh, ESPN, talked again about the decision and they haven't changed their mind as clear foul. 
a lot of people haven't changed their minds about it being a clear foul from that VAR situation, Martin. That's because I'll give you a, I'll give you a clue. It was a foul. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Maximilian says, hi, Tom. Your thoughts on Juventus monitoring the progress of Charlie Patino and possibly interested in him. Do you think he has a future with us? It's difficult. I asked Mikel Arteta this question um, a few weeks ago before the Sevilla home game, I think that it was. And he turned around and said that there's always a pathway and that there's always an opportunity. And they are looking at these players very closely. But the problem for Charlie is that the midfield is is stacked at the moment. And it's also, yes, I know that we've got Partey and Jorginho and El Neni, or maybe potentially all of them could go. Arsenal will want to sign some senior figures to come in and replace them. Is that pathway still going to be there after Arsenal do that business? And it's hard. I think that there is potentially a future, but it's also very, very difficult to guarantee that. And I'm not surprised that a lot of clubs are going to be looking at him. He has one year left on his deal at the end of this year. So a decision will have to be made in the summer. Do we sell or do we try and renew his contract and promise him more opportunities in the first team? Again, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, let's go to uh, Amira says, any chance on uh, speaking on fans saying he's so ADHD? I know that your job is not to, uh, I know it's not your job to educate fans, but can we please stop using mental illnesses? Um, mental illnesses to describe ADHD. Is that the right way of describing it? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not educated enough myself to know if that's the right way to put it. Um, you know, I'm, I know a lot of people uh, that have got ADHD and I'm not sure that they'd appreciate it being called mental illness, to be honest. Um, I know that you're not coming from a place of trying to insult them. And I know what you're trying to do by asking that question is actually to raise awareness to stop saying that. But I would say that I don't think people with ADHD would appreciate it being called that. Um, but what I will say is that, yes, people should stop saying things like that because um, it is not helpful at all. So, yeah. Um, Please, please don't do that. And please, I think I'm right in saying don't refer to that as a mental illness because I don't think that that's very fair or accurate either. Uh, Mark Stromberg says, uh, back to Newcastle, you think the result might have been different on the Gimmarais and Joel Linton fouls if the ref had looked at the monitor rather than leaving the calls to the uh, <laughs> those in the booth? Um, yes, I think that had we have been given the opportunity for the referee to see that incident, then maybe there would have been a uh, an issue. Um, Paul says it's a neurological disorder. Well, there you go. And I think if that's the, the right way of putting it, then there you go. And I hope I've covered that as accurately as I can. Uh, Vijay says, uh, from Ramsdale's perspective, considering that he uh, moves on, no top teams in the Premier League need a goalkeeper. Bayern Munich might be a good spot for him. Uh, to be happy once again. And Bayern Munich are looking at other goalkeepers. I, I would be very surprised if Bayern Munich haven't been looking at the Ramsdale situation. Chelsea is said to have an interest. He wants to move forward. You know, I don't think he's going to want to go to a club further down the Premier League table. He's going to want to keep his uh, the age that he's at. I think he's going to want to stay at the, at the top, top level. So any clubs on that level that he can move to, I think he will absolutely and fairly consider them so yeah let's let's wait and see um defense is in trouble says do you think ramsdale starts against brentford i wouldn't be surprised if we see carl carl hein you know i don't think it's guaranteed that's the weird thing i can't sit here and say oh yeah 100 percent ramsdale is going to start against brentford i genuinely don't know i think it's very likely that ramsdale starts that game 
but I've I've been surprised and shocked before. So yeah, let's let's see what the fallout from this situation is. Uh, Jay says, can Havertz be sold if he underperforms, or Cedric could be sold for his signings? Um, would Ramsdale play? I mean, can Havertz be sold? I mean, it's possible. But, I mean, that's ludicrous to suggest that it's going to happen in January. Absolutely no chance of that happening. Um, Cedric, I don't think he'll be sold. I think there'll be a potential contract termination in January. Maybe worst-case scenario, they keep him. But I think that there will be uh, an attempt to see if Cedric can be moved on or sent on loan or something like that. Uh, A mutual termination in January. I expect that to happen because he's part of the 25-man squad. We are full. We are at capacity with our squad right now. So... Hopefully that changes in the coming weeks. Um, Tom says, do you know if the extra year clause in Jorginho's contract is one that the club can unilaterally activate or do we need to convince him? As far as I'm aware, we have the ability to activate it. Um, So we can activate the one year, even if I'm not 100% sure, but I'm like pretty darn convinced that it is a situation where we've got the control over activating that. It'd be a lot of money to pay for a one and a half year deal at 12 million pounds. So I'd imagine that we have the ability to activate that that one year deal. But obviously I think that they want to speak to Jorginho. Obviously, I don't think they'd just do it without saying anything, but I'm pretty sure it's a, a one that we can choose to to activate. Uh, Mel says, Tom, what's the homegrown quota looking like these days? And is that still a thing? Yes, it is still a thing. You have to have 17... Um, you can have 17 uh, non-homegrown players, I believe, uh, in your in your 25-man squad. I think that's how it works. Um, it is different for Europe, um, so it's slightly different. So there was a big confusion about Saliba and Gabriel Martinelli and stuff like that. They might count on a Premier League level, but I think that there are um, question marks about whether or not UEFA considers those players as homegrown in a Champions League format. Um, so there's a little bit of a grey area there. So very difficult to, to know the different rules through the different competitions. It's like, um, you know, people suggesting that, well, if Rayo could have played against Brentford in the League Cup, why can't he play against Brentford in the Premier League? Different rules. In the League Cup, you can have permission from Brentford to use a lone player or any club, you know, to use a lone player from the parent club in that competition. That That isn't the case in the Premier League. Um, so it's different rules for different competitions. It's very common. It happens. And you've got to be very much aware of, of all of it. Um, let's go to Sabre says, worth noting that uh, his missus is a North London lass, so I can't see him wanting to move. Uh, I, you know, I, it's, it's not you can't just assume that because somebody's other half comes from a specific area uh, that they won't want to move somewhere else. People always are open to different opportunities and, you know, will often support their other halves um, in that. It's very hard sometimes. But uh, you can't just assume that they won't want to move just because uh, their other half is from a certain area. Uh, Jay says, why isn't the 30 years and above players in the 25-man squad seen as potential candidates to be sold like Partey and Jorginho? They are. I just don't think it's in January that we will see those. I think in the summer, there's much more scope for a bigger clear-out. Um, so, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Uh, Derek says, Tom, I've, I've seen a link to Martinelli starting at nine for Brazil and also Big Gabby smashing... Endrick as well. I've not seen that myself. I, I have seen the Martinelli thing at striker, um, but uh, I've not necessarily seen uh, if it happens. Their game, let's have a quick look. When did Brazil last play their last game? They play on the 17th on Friday against uh, Luis Diaz's Colombia. Uh, so that's when we'll next see potentially Martinelli and Gabriel 
in action. I assume that Gabriel may have smashed Endrick in was it training as training session. I've not seen it if so, but yeah, very interesting indeed. Old Day says my screen says that we're at 323 likes so far. Uh, come on, we've got to get up to at least 400 during the show, and then we've got a really good chance of getting to that thousand. Uh, by Hey, let's see if we can reach that milestone. Thank you to everyone that's continuing to support the channel. It means the absolute world. We're currently on, yeah, 325. You do. It would mean the world. Um, I will see you all, of course, tomorrow, uh, once again, on when? No, Thursday. We're really smashing through this week, aren't we? Let's see if we can get it um, to, to three days, three Ks. Uh, but thank you so much, guys, for listening. Really appreciate your time. Uh, and it's 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 really, really uh, a period, I think, in the international break where I always encourage you to go off and try and find other things, uh, of course, to try and take your mind off football. And I'm I'm learning myself that having distractions, having other things in the world are, are certainly ways in which you can deal with challenges that come your way. So please, please go and do that. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I will see you tomorrow morning. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.